this is, this is always an interesting Sunday for me because uh, this and baby dedication, I know I'll have some time to talk. I never know how much based on who all's getting whatever and how long the prayers are and stuff like that. And so um, I have some general material that I create and then I riff. So I'm going to do some riffing and I can't be res- held responsible for anything I say when I'm riffing around material. So whatever I say that you love is me, and then um, whatever is not good, uh, it's just because I'm riffing. And so, yeah, um, that was funnier in the first service. In my mind, it was really funny. <laughs> um, titled this talk, we're going to talk about Elijah uh, over the next few weeks. And I titled this talk, When the Brook Dries Up, but I'm probably not going to get to that part of the story. So uh, you don't mind that at all. Uh, we're just going to walk through this stuff and kind of see what is birthed out of, out of these incredible scriptures. I love the stories of Elijah. Um, I love the highs and the lows. You see this guy who is heroic and yet a miserable failure, like all in the same week. Um, it's so human. It's so earthy. It's so real. Um, I find myself... In these stories, I, f- I find life in these stories, and 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 because of that, I find God at work in my life, even when I don't realize it. Um, through these ancient stories, which is why for me there's such a connection with Scripture, because we just see these things that happen over and over and over again uh, throughout humanity and Scripture, and just a few layers deep, you you see these incredible things you can apply to your life. All right, so so here's what I would invite you if you want to follow along. Grab one of, your, uh, one of the blue Bibles in front of you, or fire up a smartphone, and I'm going to start in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 16, and I'm going to set up the, the first appearance of, uh, of Elijah. So, um, before we get into this. If you have ever had, here's my, here's my best uh, Tony Robbins, I'm going to do Tony Robbins here. Uh, have you ever had a disruption, something in your life that came out of nowhere that immediately brought a huge disruption where everything sort of came to a grinding halt and you had new front page news and it was not good? Have you ever had a disruption say, I? Yeah, that's my Tony Robbins. He says, say I, and everybody goes, I. So I wanted to do that there. So that was Tony Robbins. Now, what we're going to read is, uh, I think, going to help us face the disruptions in our life. Because a lot of times uh, we ask, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Why has this come into my life? Okay, so that's the first part of this story. Elijah's about to come in and introduce a major disruption, a really bad thing in the form of a drought to all of Israel, which is a huge, um, tragic, calamity, disastrous, years-long drought before that. Let's look at the backstory. I'm going to start in 29. In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, 
the son of Omri, began to reign over Israel. Ahab. He began to reign over Israel. And Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. So here's your backstory. More than all who were before him, Ahab did evil. As if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. In other words, it's kind of an opposite thing there. He's saying, not only did he walk in the sins of Jeroboam, which if you know the backstory, are hefty. It's like, not only did he sin like Las Vegas, he also took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal, like number one false god. He went straight to the, to the top dog in terms of like the bad guys. He erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. So he built a temple and an altar to the false god. This is the king of Israel, God's people. And Ahab made an Asherah, that's an Asherah pole, another, another kind of, of idol. And it says, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Now, this is important here. So, so Ahab, really bad guy, in the midst of decades of kings who were really bad guys. Like, God told the Israelites it was a bad idea from the start to go with a king. Israel's like, we want a king like all the other nations. God's like, that's a bad idea, but I know you're not going to relent, so here you go. But it's a really bad idea. And they get their king, and before long, the kings turn the hearts of the people. And, and, so, and, then, and then Ahab marries Jezebel, who was from a foreign country that God said in, um, in Deuteronomy, never marry people from there because they will lead you astray. And so Ahab, that's all loaded in there when we read that Ahab marries Jezebel. Now, Jezebel, obviously, uh, even if you don't know much about Scripture, you probably know that Jezebel was a really bad girl. Like, I don't know many parents that are naming their daughters Jezebel, right? Like, we, even if you don't know anything about the Bible, Jezebel is associated with, like, really... So, so this, <clears throat> here's what I want you to see. Before we get to what Elijah said realize that this calamity comes in after decades of systemic injustice and evil that started with the king and worked its way down. So think oppression of the poor, injustice, corruption, bribes, idolatry, and then all the practices in life that went with those crazy idolatrous ideas going on in the world at the time. So, this is not like, oh, somebody in Israel had an affair, here comes the hammer. This is not like, oh, few people didn't go to synagogue enough, here comes the hammer. This is like systemic for decades and decades, really bad stuff, child sacrifice to other gods. That's when we get to chapter 17. Now, introduce you to Elijah. I love the stories of Elijah. I, 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 the, the picture wild man with wild hair wearing wild clothes. While I'm talking about Elijah, my son Elijah's going to leave? 
Oh, you're coming up front. Okay, make me look bad now. <coughs> um, obviously, name my kid Elijah for a reason. So, um, here we go. Ready? Now, Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, So, king's in, in the palace. Evil king, Elijah the prophet, comes in. As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And then he runs out. So you picture Ahab and Jezebel reigning over all of Israel. It's a normal afternoon. All of a sudden, this wild, hairy, smelly prophet runs in. It ain't going to rain no more, no more. It ain't going to rain no more. And then runs out. And they're probably like looking at each other. But then it doesn't rain for years. So Elijah runs in and announces calamity. And then all of a sudden this devastating thing hits. Now, I want to break this down a little bit uh, because I think it's very relevant to our life when major disruptions come our way. Here's what I want you to notice. I want you to notice that there was great clarity as to what this was about and clarity as to what exactly was about to happen on the front end. There was great clarity. Elijah comes in and he says, I am Elijah and I stand before Yahweh, the God of the Israelites. See, what we learn and what you'll read, if you, and I hope you'll read the stories of Elijah in these next few weeks, the Israelites, the people of God, who came out of the wilderness ready to say, God, we will serve you as the God of heaven and earth with everything we have. They went from that point to being at a point here in Elijah's lifetime where they had forgotten. They didn't even know who their God was. There was Baal, there was Asherah, there was Yahweh, there was... And there's a point when Elijah asked the question, tell me, people of Israel, God's people, which God is God? And it says the people were silent. So this was about the Israelites not even knowing who God was. And Elijah was going to do a series of things to show them who God was, to call the whole nation back to him. But my point is, is that it was very clear. This is about me being Elijah standing before this God. And to show that, it is not going to rain for years except by my word. So there was extreme clarity in what was about to happen and why it was about to happen. So when you look at your when you look at the disruptions in your life, we're quick to try to find meaning, right? Maybe you're not, maybe you just know people that are, but I know a lot of people that are quick to ask, why did this happen or what did I do wrong for this to happen to me? Now, we don't do the opposite. This is very interesting. We don't do the opposite and say, why? The like, I didn't wake up this morning and say, I have two legs that work. Must be because I'm amazing. I have two eyes that can see. It must be because I'm so generous. It's just God just, I'm just so generous. And God gives. But when things go wrong, and that's why it's so frivolous and useless to ask, why did God allow this? Because we don't do it with everything. Like, like it just, it's, it's this frivolous exercise, okay? But, but we do many times feel some 
guilt associated with some bad things. And we ask ourselves why, but remember, there, there was clarity. This is about who's God, and it's going, it's not going to rain. There's going to be a drought. Let me give you some, some ways to apply this. In terms of the, okay, here's an example. The the people of, (coughs) excuse me, the people of Westboro Baptist Church, or many of the TV people, televangelists, whatever, they'll be soldiers that die. And they'll line up and say, this is because the U.S. does this. There'll be a tornado in the Midwest. And they'll say, well, that's because this law was whatever. There'll be an earthquake in California. Well, that's because God is mad at Hollywood. That's not biblical prophecy. Saying, I, I can tell you, I'm, I, I got a prophecy for you. Next year in the Midwest, there's going to be a tornado. There has been tornado, there have been tornadoes in the Midwest since before the, the, the states were named. Soldiers have been dying since war was invented. Earthquakes have been happening in California since plates started shifting. That, that's, not, that's not biblical prophecy. H- have somebody... Like, like have, have somebody say, here's the coordinates, and in two weeks there's going to be a tornado. That's a thing. Like, the storm system hasn't even formed yet. Here's where it's, that's, that's what you could, like, listen to what they're saying. Listen to the judgment they're bringing. But to just point to a, a, a calamity and say, that's because, like, retroactive, that, that's, that's nothing. That's, that's it. And, and also, there, there's clarity in the Bible when something happens. There's clarity as to why. Like, Elijah was like, and this is what it's about. God is not, God, God in Scripture, God is not the kind of person that just unleashes the fury, and then you're left to figure out why. Like, bam, and then you have to try to decide, what did I do wrong? God's like, well, you figure it out. That's, that's how we know God's not a woman. Come on, I'm kidding, but I'm a little bit right. I said in the first service, I said in the first service, I totally joke with the sexist stuff. I, I think that, honestly, I think women are better at men, better than men at almost everything. And if women, uh, you, you all need to figure out one thing. If you guys can figure out how to get along with each other, you will rule the world. I mean, you already ruled a little bit now. We just don't know it. But seriously, joking. I'm riffing, right? So, but, but what was, uh, okay. Um, God is not the kind of God that just drops the hammer and leaves you to figure out why. So if you're asking the question, why did God do this to me? He probably didn't, or you wouldn't have to ask the question. So let me take that and do one more thing with this. Um, it is, it is, um, all right, let's apply it to job loss. 
let's apply it to jobs, because I mean, uh, many of you have lost jobs or whatever at some point in time, and you ask, why did this happen to me? Okay, why would God allow this? Now, here's the thing. Maybe your boss is greedy and wanted to make more for himself and cut the job out. Maybe he had a friend or she had a friend that they wanted in there and, and, and picked the friend over you. Uh, maybe you're not good at the job. Maybe God wants you to move some. You, you can't know. And there's a million variables, and so there's no point in beating yourself up trying to figure out why when it could be any one of those things. Now, now let me, I'm going to close with, with, this, with this thought. Um, <clears throat> Sometimes we inadvertently prophetically announce to other people God's judgment on them. And this is not to make you feel guilty. I just want you to think critically about this because I've, I've seen this a lot. I've been invited to these kinds of situations of, of great disruption quite a bit in the past 20 years. And you mean well, and you say something like, <clears throat> well, everything happens for a reason. Or God has a plan. Now what I think you might be inadvertently doing is announcing God's judgment on the person by saying God did this to you. And someday you'll figure out why. Maybe. And I know we don't intend to do that, but, but there's a better thing I think we can announce to, to, to accomplish that, that same thing that we're going for, okay? So first of all, first of all, uh, I don't think we can know that that was God doing something. Because there's this thing called free will, which I believe in. And even if there's only one free will act allowed, even if it's as simple as dropping something on the floor, and I just did it because it's my free will, one thing allowed a day by, one, by everybody means there's 7 billion free will landmines out there that could affect, let me give you an example. Let's say my, my 14-year-old son, under his own free will, randomly kicks his uh, size 10 Kyries off at the base of the steps like he does literally every day. And then my own free will, I come down the steps in the morning and hit one of them, my ankle rolls, and I fall. Free will could have a broken arm, could have a broken ankle, could have a broken neck. Any of that could happen from that free will. So it's impossible for me, when there's free will in the world, to guarantee that bad thing happened for a reason, because the reason might just be Somebody did something at random that negatively... But here's, so here, let me close with this. Um, this is Romans 8, 28. Here's what I think we can announce with confidence. Rather than announcing God did that to you and maybe you'll know the reason someday, what you can announce is this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to to his purpose. All things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. All things work for the good. God is able to work all things to good. God is able to work all things to good. So what I can announce to you, I have no idea why you lost your job. I have no idea why your friend got cancer. I have no idea why your spouse left you. I have no idea why whatever. But God is able to use even that to bring about something good.
I can announce that, and you can know for certain that even though that's terrible, even though that's really hard to go through, God can use it for good. And then that frames you. You're not now focused on why it happened. Instead, you're focused on is there things, are there things that God is doing for my good through this? Not that he caused it. And the, the danger of thinking that he caused it is that then you're looking for like this for that. And that doesn't always add up. When I lost my daughter in 2006, it brought some good things. Like I'm, I feel like I, I can feel deeper. I'm more emotionally connected with people in pain. It brought together the church as a community around us. Was that a good payoff? No. Like I would have much rather not had all those things and had my. And, and, but when, when we say it happened for a reason, it implies, well, God really wanted to bring people together in community. So he killed your daughter. Like that's kind of what we're saying when we say, well, everything happens for. A re-. But what I can say is something really bad did happen and God allowed it. But he worked through that to bring about some good things. So it's no longer a this for that, because that probably isn't going to add up. But in spite of that, God is still active doing things in your life. So here's what I just said. When something bad comes into your life, if it wasn't clearly predicted, and if it didn't follow long seasons of willful disobedience, probably with warnings, don't begin to believe that God brought it into your life. You can't know that, and that's probably not even true. If God brings something into people's lives, he announces it, and there's clarity about what he's going to do in response to what, and what needs to change, and why. There's clarity in Scripture for that. Instead of trying to figure out why, Ask yourself what good is going to come from this. What good is God going to bring out of this? Because God will step into those disruptions and use them for good. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for all these graduates. We pray for your blessing. We pray for a long life and happiness and joy that they would know you and make you known to others. I pray for all of my friends right now that are going through disruptions, that they would see you working in their lives through those disruptions, loving them in the midst of those disruptions. And on the other side, they would realize that you were with them the whole time, whether they knew it or not. Help us to see you and feel your presence in times of great pain. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good week. Congratulations, graduates.